when you're live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are, this is Michelle and Serena, and this is From, from the, the Root, a discussion-based podcast that explores holistic wellness through our lived experiences as Black queer people. It's a really hard time, y'all. Like, there's a lot going on in this world. We got stuff going on in India. We got stuff going on in Colombia. We have things always going on in America. There's always drama here. There's stuff going on in France. There's stuff going on everywhere. And I think we need to take a break. <laughs> oh, and Israel and Ghana, Gaza and mm-hmm. Palestine. Like, we need, to, we need to take a break. So this episode is going to be... not so heavy we're trying to keep it light this week because i feel like right now we kind of need a little bit of joy i don't think that there's really any place where you can escape that kind of news and that kind of news is incredibly necessary especially to be updated on what's happening in the world and especially if you're not getting accurate sources of information you need to be well informed but at the same time we also deserve to have breaks so that's what this episode Mm -hmm. is this is an episode about joy our joy and just what that joy looks like for us. So we'll be asking a few questions and we'd love to hear from you and your thoughts. So please send us an email of some of these, some of the answers to your own questions that we are asking today. Yes, I'd love to hear from people um, what makes them joyful. Okay, so starting off, Serena, what is your favorite thing about being Black, queer, and B. So, <clears throat> for being what one of my favorite things about belie- being black is our vision, and I say that both because black people are magic, and I feel like we have such an amazing capacity to see the future, to vision the future. Um. And I'm really into Afrofuturism, and I know we've talked about this before. And like, it's just, it's eerie to to read some stories like the parable of the sower and like just see like how this Mm. is playing out today. Um, It's just wild. And so I love that vision because to me, that vision doesn't just cross over to predictions for what's to come especially because Parable of the Sower is an artistic piece of work. It's, you know, a fiction novel, Um, but in the art and in media and in dance and music and everything, like just just this insane vision and capacity to create these whole new worlds. So that's that's what I love about being Black um, is to seeing that, being a part of that and being able to tap into that. One of my favorite things about being queer is the Mm open-mindedness. In general, I feel like people that identify with the word queer because it can't, some people feel it's controversial or don't really identify with it. So I feel like people that do identify as queer have such like an open-mindedness and fluidity and the way that they see and perceive the world. And that's not to say 
like queer people are without flaws or anything are the most open-minded but I see that within the community and um, it's really exciting to be a part of that um, that fluidity that open-mindedness because when you immerse yourself within that it, it can push you to your growing edge um, to areas where you may feel some discomfort and that's that's really important for me in my own personal journey and then in terms of being um, a non-binary person one of my favorite things about that is about breaking binaries and because Yes, that applies in my gender and the way my gender is expressed um, and the way I constantly, constantly am exploring that. I wrote something a long time ago that was along the lines of my, my, um, my gender is, my gender is a home with never ending rooms and I keep walking through it and finding new new rooms to discover. And that's what mm. being non-binary feels like. It's like, const- like fi- oh my God, there's a whole other room over here. It's like Narnia or some shit. And <laughs> so I, lo- <laughs> I love, and I've been, to, I've been in um, strange buildings that felt like Narnia, like walking into it, like what the hell is this? And what is the purpose of all of, what is the purpose of this space? And then- watching as that building expands further and that's what being my gender feels like that's what being non-binary feels like and it's such it's such a, an exciting experience because it's like I don't even know what that's gonna look like 10 years from now and mm-hmm. all I know is I love who I am now so I can only imagine how much better it gets <laughs> that's beautiful <laughs> yeah that's really beautiful because I feel like that is I mean I have similar ideas like the idea of what is my favorite thing about being black um I don't know if I have one favorite there's just so many things like like going to like queer parties and they play like before I let go or candy like I love that. Like we all just like oh, light up. Yeah. yeah, it's just like this very magical moment. Like any like any song that black people like, you know, that are Nuck just like black buck. anthems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nuck if you buck. Um, Kendrick Lamar's "All Right," like just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I remember because like you know there are some songs that you just need to be around a group of black people for. Yes. And, like, that is so yes. fucking beautiful. Like, I remember I was at Afropunk and Kendrick Lamar's All Right came on. What an experience. Like, and I wanted that. Like, as soon as I heard the song, I was like, I need this experience. And I finally got <laughs> it. Or, like, listening to Solange's um, A Seat at the Table and seeing it live at Afropunk with a whole bunch of Black people, like, just resonating oh with that. Like, that type of magic. Oh. It's something else. Or like when, when like, oh, I love when black men see each other on the street and then it's just like, just compliments, compliments, compliments. Like, yes. oh, I see you. Yes, just like shoes. that energy. <laughs> yes. yes. I remember when I was like somewhere and somebody was like, yes, cheekbones. I was like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> like, I love moments like that. Like that is just so beautiful. The way we hype each other up. It's like no other. Like there's no other compliment in this world. 
that is better than getting it from like black people like we are just so magical on that end um just the way that we love the community just how we take care of each other the kindness that comes through how we can always empathize with each other like we're always able to um we always make an effort to hold space with each other. I mean, that's not like not every black person does that. But when you find those black people who do, it's mm-hmm. absolutely it's incredible. It's special. It's different. It's so special. And it's just like a whole nother thing. Like black queerness is like a whole other avenue that's just like very, very unique. And it's so loving. Um, what do I love about being queer? I love that aspect, like you said. I like the fact that we challenge ourselves like since we don't have to live under this heteronormative like lifestyle, we challenge everything, like everything. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, oh, like what does relationships look like? It doesn't have to fit under these gender roles. So we yeah. challenge gender roles. There's no like man or a woman in the relationship. Throw that all the way. Like there's the whole idea of um, now, like I feel like queer, like as queer people, we've been questioning whether monogamy or polyamory or whatever has been for us for a while now before it's become more mainstream at today. Like, Mm -hmm. and like that has been interesting journey. It's not always my favorite journey, but it's certainly (laughs) an interesting one. Like, I like that we challenge ourselves to think about like, how can we make this more queer? Like, how can we challenge ourselves in our perspectives on things? And like, what does dating look like? What does sexuality look like? The fact that I feel like a lot of queer people are very liberated when it comes to sexuality in comparison to like if, you know, I was a woman with a male partner, I feel like that looks really different. Like um, there's less pressure in that end. Like we don't really have too many. I don't really know of any queer people who have conversations about feeling slut shamed. (laughs) Like I don't know if that's a thing Mm -hmm. in the queer community i know i personally haven't experienced that um that might be less common and that's something that's awesome like that whole liberation piece on that end like we don't really have to be like oh my god you're a slut like (laughs) yeah you were slut and we're all we're so (laughs) pro ho like oh even the body count thing like i don't really think people really care about body count to be honest I feel like people are more like if you have more body like if you have more people that you've slept with chances are like people kind of not necessarily respect you but they like the fact that you have that experience mm-hmm. in comparison to like if you have zero so there's not really much yeah. slut shamey things when it comes to things like that too which is cool and every time I like have that conversation with my friends like we don't really care about body counts like that's never my intention behind it I'm just like yo how far am I behind um, please let me know. <laughs> like, I just need to know what is normal. <laughs> like, I need to be adding more people to this list. It's so small. Like, things like that. Um, so that's something I truly love about that. And as far as non-binary, I like that idea. I like the idea that like it's literally always growing. It could change every day. The fact that we like the the idea of non-binary doesn't sit in between man and woman or masculine and feminine and it could be literally everywhere nowhere it's like there's like the circle Mm -hmm. and there's two there's a binary within the circle right and then gender non-conforming people are like (laughs) 
<laughs> in the circle, out the circle, in the line with it, everything <laughs> in between them, completely out of it. We're like gender, no gender. Like, I love that. I like the way that can look. I like that more people are exploring it because I'm realizing that with so much gender non-conforming, um, with so many people challenging their ideas of what gender looks like for them, it's also making me increase the amount of people that I am attracted to. It just seems like it keeps growing. Because, mm-hmm. like... <laughs> I'm just like, oh, men in <laughs> rompers? Yes. <laughs> men in nail polish? Absolutely. Like, masculine folks doing this, feminine folks doing this. Like, this is all really cute. Oh, this person doesn't have a gender? Fine. That, like, I love how much we challenge what that looks like. And who knows? Like, I don't even know what I'm going to look like in these years. Like, am I going to try to be, like, more high femme? Am I going to be switching it up? Like, is masculinity going to be more in my outfits? I don't know. But it's exciting to know that there's never going to be, there doesn't have to be any consistency with it. Like, gender can look in Mm -hmm. so many different ways, and I'm enjoying people, watching people embrace that. Yes, and that's really a big Gemini mood to, um, as we have entered Gemini season, Gemini is... You know, I think people see the twins, so they think it's like binary, but it's like Gemini is really yes and, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, is it this mm-hmm. or is it that? And Gemini says yes and, like, yes, it's both and more. So I think that's really fitting for the season. Yeah, Geminis are great because they challenge themselves a lot in their ideologies as well. And they're always willing to mm-hmm. adjust to like what fits them at the moment, which is cool. Very fluid very very airy (laughs) very airy so michelle how are you curating your joy right now i'm creating experiences that i want for myself so um i feel like i've been doing that for a while now since i've um started living in arizona especially because like I can go outside most times of the year and not feel cold. (laughs) Yeah, I'm enjoying like going outside and hanging out with friends and doing like full moon rituals outdoors or um, like just having days at the park. I'm trying to get my senses involved. So I've been trying to get like more incense or resins involved in like the work that I do so like for instance yesterday I was doing some shadow work and I had some incense that I burned as I was doing it so like there was a piece of joy in that or like um Mm. now I'm doing some I'm doing like these intuitive coaching I'm doing intuitive like coaching or I I like to say spiritual coaching intuitive readings and like some um herbal suggestions that I'm giving out and when I'm meeting people I'm meeting them outside at a park (laughs) yeah like I have my crystals yeah I bring candles like I want it to be like a cute experience so it's not just like you know you're meeting me in an office like that's not fun Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's a more relaxed environment that way it can be you know like you, you can enjoy yourself because let's say the appointment gets really heavy because somebody's sharing something really challenging with me. It's like, okay, yeah. yes, that is really challenging. But at the same time, like, you know, we're both getting some pieces of joy by like, it's not just me just carrying the weight of this. Like I can always take a breath and look at the water in the park at any time. That's how I've been curating my joy. Just like making cute events. My friend and I are going out 
this Wednesday. So that's going to be May 26th at 4 a.m. At 4 a.m. Is this like a you watching mm-hmm. the sunrise come up? I love we're gonna that. We're going to be like. I planned that in my mind. Yeah, we're going to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be watching. I think we're going to be watching the moon set and there are some stars that are going to be coming at a particular time. So I'm going to be getting up real early so that I can make sure that I can make this. But it'll be beautiful in the long run and do like a nice hike in the the process. So I love like cute things like that. And I'm excited that I have friends that want to do these cute like I guess people consider that romantic. But like to be honest, like I you know, romantic platonic relationships are beautiful. So I enjoy mm-hmm. doing all of that kind of stuff. What about you? How yes. are you curating your joy? Yes. And more romance with your friends. I think that's really cute. Um, so I have been taking care of my body, like really, really digging into that. And I'm going to connect this to my joy. <laughs> I'm a Gemini moon, so in Gemini season, my it's a, it's a little long winded, but we're gonna get to the point. Um, Yo, I've been you doing too. A lot of- <laughs> I'm sorry, I know so many Gemini moons. Where are you guys coming from? <laughs> Just popping out the woodwork. Yeah. Um. So I went to a chiropractor recently, and it was my first adjustment ever. Um. I learned a lot. I learned that I need to go regularly and mm-hmm. um, I've been getting my skincare on point, just been taking care of my hair, you know, getting my appointments out of my way. I'm 32. I feel like I'm at an age where I'm like, you have a lot of habits that you've established that are not good for you, that you can now change and adjust. And it's easier. You're at an age where it's a little bit easier to do that. Or you could keep doing it and see the effect of that 20 years from now, 30 Mm -hmm. years from now, and how it's going to affect my quality of life. And when it affects my quality of life, it affects my joy. So it's a little bit long range, but there's also things that I know I'm doing right now that are having an immediate impact. Because when I went and got adjusted, I slept so good that night. I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. like I can just move. I move more. And it's like, we don't notice them because- we get used to being a certain way in our bodies. And when you have a new range of movement that I had at one point <laughs> and lost due to certain habits that I've developed, I was like, wow, this feels so much better. Like I want to feel like this all the time because that's joyful. Like if I can move better mm-hmm. and more and easier, like why wouldn't I want to? Um, So there's that, like when I have, when I feel better, when I have more energy, I'm more able to show up and do things and do other things that bring me joy. And so long-term, like I know that that's just going to have an overall positive impact on me. Um, So I'm very just fixated on doing things to take care of my body, whether it's like that, the chiropractor, you know, going to the dentist and getting that done, just like little things that I'm like, I want to do these now because I know long-term it's going to have an effect on me. That's going to bring me more joy. That's going to make me live a better quality of life and quality of life is everything. Mm -hmm. I loved how you touched on, you know, in your readings, like you're really cultivating this environment and using different things. 
like to create an experience. And it's like, you know, a lot of times people want to like do the most, but it's like, you don't need to do the most, like bring a scented candle that you like, you know, get it that incense, that dragon's blood incense you sent me. That shit is good. I was like, I need more of this because that's creating so an experience. Good. Like, I have know, I so get my- many. <laughs> Oh, of the dragon's blood or the this brand? I have so many of that of the dragon's blood of that specific brand. Yeah, yeah. We'll I'll be sending you some the shine theory. <laughs> Thank you. We'll have to share that in the the shine theory. But yeah, so that that's really on point. But that's that's one of the main ways I'm curating joy right now. Just really taking care of myself and. You know, as we talked about this a little bit earlier this week, sometimes doing those things, like I don't feel the immediate gratification, but I know long term it's going to make an impact. And like, as I've been doing those things that we talked about earlier this week, I already feel a little bit better. And then I know if I keep doing them, I feel a little bit better and a little bit better. And I just feel like I already have a little bit more energy. And that's that's what that brings me joy. That's beautiful. I'm glad that you're taking care of yourself and your body. Cause you know, I mean, we're still, I think we're still young. Like, we you know, young. entering your thirties, we're still like, you know, do you know how long we can live for? It's, we're still in like one third of our lives. So <laughs> yes. like, I feel like that is, that is definitely healing, especially now that we're at this point where we're sensitive to what's going on with ourselves so because we are sensitive to it, we are taking care of it ahead of time so that we don't have those um, negative effects later on. Um, yeah, I think that's that's beautiful. So the next question for you is, what are some fun childhood moments? Hmm. Okay. I think first I'm glad you didn't ask the other one because I was like I don't have any funny <laughs> dating stories. <laughs> I thought of bad dating stories, but yeah, I got all of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, remembering fun, so fun childhood memories that I have. Um, hmm. One of my favorite childhood memories I have um, was, I actually wrote a story about this, I think in undergrad, and there was a creek by my house, what I thought was a creek. It's still left to be determined if it actually was ever a creek at any point, Um, but there was a creek by my house in Oklahoma, so I was like six, probably six at the time. And I used to go play with my friends and we decided to walk down the creek because like at the end of it supposedly was this like beautiful waterfall. And um, I just remember, you know, I was young. I don't have a whole lot of memory memories from being like that young, but I'm such like a, a sensory person. So like I'll remember like the water you know, the stones, the the little um, tadpoles, uh, uh, I think it's crawl daddies, uh, and 
frogs and things like that. <laughs> crawdaddy is a, a type of uh, crawfish. Um, anyway. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that lived in the, the water. <laughs> um, and I remember along the way, one of my one of my friends got hurt and ended up having to like, walk back. And we ended up getting to the end. And I just remember like thinking that this this waterfall was so beautiful. Like I feel like a lot of the positive memories I do have are of nature and being in nature. Um, and I was the type of kid that would like sit and play in the mud. Like that was <laughs> big earth sign energy. Um, and it's so funny because I went back when I was 17 to Oklahoma to this house and I looked at the creek next door and it was just really like this like dirt ditch. <laughs> and I asked my mom, I was like, where's the creek? And she was like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Where's what? the water? She was like, just like, well, there's a little bit of water there. <laughs> but like, I was like, that's not what I pictured in my mind. And like, and it was funny because like we went to like all these other sites, like the playground I used to play at. And I was terrified of this like slide. Because it had these bolts. It would get really hot and the bolt would shock you like as you went down it. And like I thought it was so big and I looked at it, it was regular. It was a regular size slide. But you know, I imagine I was probably what like three, four going down this slide. So it seemed huge and it seemed so intimidating yeah. and like larger than life, as did this creek and this waterfall. But it was really just I was a tiny human and you know. You think about kids like discovering things for the first time, like everything is like larger than life. Um, so even though a lot of them <laughs> didn't live up to the hype of what they look like now, I really enjoyed those experiences as a child. So definitely like just being in anything related to nature. Um, mm. When I was a kid, we uh, we moved around a lot and my mom would always try to make it a really fun experience. So we would stop. So we saw the Grand Canyon. We saw the Hoover Dam and um, World's Biggest Yarn Ball, things like that. You know, <laughs> even though like the reasons we were moving weren't that great, but she tried to make it fun. Um, and so I have a lot of fond, fond memories of that, even though I hate being in cars for road trips. Like I get motion sick back then and still oh. to today so somehow it was still such a fun experience even though I know I probably felt really terrible um Aww. yeah physically but like the joy the joy overshadows it because I don't remember feeling that um I just remember the stuff that we saw and we did along the way so those are some of my favorite childhood memories what about you um, I don't remember like too many specifics. I do remember that I used to love like uh when my uncle and his wife were together, I loved going to their house and my cousins and I would always play Power Rangers. So like my um my one of my cousins, he's one year older than me, and then my other cousin is like two or three years older than me. So it was always fun because we would like play Power Rangers. She always got to be the pink ranger so I was always the yellow ranger and then yellow ended up being my favorite color after that um and that was a good time I remember one time my uncle tried to spank me but like he was always like the fun uncle so I remember yeah. like him being like you know trying to be serious and like me laughing in his face yeah. and, like you ain't gonna do nothing 
<laughs> you ain't finna do nothing. <laughs> like I remember things like that. Or um the first time I ever tried a cheeseburger, my aunt, Tati Julia, she um got me to try a cheeseburger because I always thought cheese was so disgusting. But then I had one from McDonald's and I was like, yo, cheese is lit. <laughs> I was like, that's <laughs> yo. <laughs> an addiction began. That's like exactly it. Then I like fell in love with cheeseburgers. Like those are um some of those memories. Like it's always been like little things that I used to do with my like family since um when I was like a very small child, I spent a lot of time with my cousins and I was like the worst because I was a really annoying kid now that I look back at it. It's like what? um yeah, I was annoying as hell. Like I talked a lot and that's fine. Like kids talk a lot. But um <laughs> when it was time to leave, I would hide my parents' keys. I would hide <laughs> shoes. I would hide coats. I would hide whatever so that nobody could ever go. So if I was at my cousin's house, I would hide my parents' keys. I would hide their shoes or something. I would hide one shoe. <laughs> my parents uh-huh. were so irritated. Like, where is it? Where is it? You didn't want and I just would not stop. tell. <laughs> no, I did not want the fun to stop. And I was very annoying about it. <laughs> um, oh my God. So things like that. Like, I was, I just, we just had a lot of fun and we were really rough. Um, like there was this one time I don't even know. I think I, I think I like I might have hit my cousin twice over the head. Actually, now that I think about it, I think I hit him with like a TV. <laughs> what? What kind of? We TV? were crazy. I'm thinking of like the like little it was fat like, back TV. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. It was one of those big fat back TVs. <laughs> And it was like on a TV stand. I don't know how I knocked it over and hit him. And then I also knocked him over the head with the chair. I don't know. We were kids. We used to do some really rough things. Yo, you were doing some WWE moves. Like, (laughs) we used to wrestle and stuff as kids. So we were kind of crazy. But, like, he is totally okay. He's fine. He's He's like alive today, folks. His brain cells are all together. <laughs> we used to do some dumb things. Like when I was a kid, my brother and I, we used to have these slapping contests. It was always during the summer too. And like <laughs> we would like just slap the crap out of each other. Like hand like face was not allowed. But do you know how hard it hurts when somebody hits Yo. you on your thigh? Ooh, and he used to get some good ones in too. And like we would like slap each other until it got until it wasn't fun for one of us, and then one of us would get mad, and then it would get into like we turn into a fight. Like <laughs> it's one of those Yo. things. Yeah. Like wild. we had yeah, we had some good times. Like my I think I have a picture of like um Shanice getting involved too. Um she's like my closest friend from when I was in high school and I remember one time she stayed over and my brother and her were like fighting and I'm pretty sure I have a picture on that on one of my Instagrams. Like it was a it was an interesting it was an interesting childhood. We were very we were very rough with each other. <laughs> so that's what I remember wow. from that. Wow. <laughs> good times, good that's, times. Yeah. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with my cousins as well up until like Maybe eleven, and then after that, we weren't really, we weren't really going. My mom and my aunt did not get along, but they 
tried, I guess, for us to spend time together. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. At least I made an effort. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm grateful for that. They were just like, um, what is it, oil and water. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I feel like we have time for like one more question and then shine theory. Okay. Feeling called to discuss. How do you think joy will play a part in our future? Hmm. And okay, let me think about this. So on like an individual level or like personal level, I think joy will play a part in my future. I want to curate really intentional moments with myself, with my love, my girlfriend, um, with my friends, with family. And again, this kind of goes back to like curating a vibe, curating an experience. And I just moved recently. So I've been thinking so much about how my home, like how, what I want it to look like. And there's so much. And like, I can see the vision for how it's going to look in my head. And I want to be very intentional with how that comes together because I want every piece that I bring in to like have a meaning. Like, I, yeah, I could go to like family dollar and get my pillows, but I'm like, I really want to look at this pillow and I'm like, wow, I love the fabric of this or I love the person who created this, you know? And I know that in doing that, it will take more time because that's a greater investment, not just in like necessarily, you don't necessarily have to spend more money to find that, but I know if I want to find those things, it's going to take a little bit more time because I'm not going to find it as quickly. And, mm. and I'm okay with that because, you know, I've done things like that in the past where I've slowly curating some, curated something and then I walk into the space and I'm like, wow, this is like a labor of love over time. And I can feel that energy because it lives in this space. You know, I feel the energy of, the candle that I bought, the the bed, the bed sheets that I bought, the couch that I have, the art on the walls, um, whatever it is, like there was so much intention that went into each item. And now I brought it all together to create another experience. So right now I'm thinking a lot about that for myself, just because I just recently moved. And in terms of like, what does Black joy um, look like or mean in the future? I think joy, like rest, Black joy, like Black rest is an act of resistance. And I think the more moments that we curate for ourselves as individuals and when we come together, that is going against a dominant culture that says that we don't deserve that, that we shouldn't have that. And so 
I'm tapping into like that vision to see that happening and coming into fruition because on many days I can take a pessimistic look at what will come to pass because there's so much happening in the world that I'm like, I really don't know how this is going to look like. And I think about that when I think about do I want to have kids? And I'm like, well, is there going to be a place for my kids like 20 years from now? Mm, but I'm wanna, yeah. whatever that happens, whatever comes to pass, you know, I want to like manifest and see joy for black people and more rest. And because those are things that we deserve. Those are our birthright. And I feel like, you know, time is a funny thing and there are certain times for some things and certain times for others. And right now I really keenly feel that those are things that black people we need right now and that our spirit, our legacy and what is to come, like it deserves that and requires that. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. I, I kind of think of those same ideas when it comes to the idea of rest. I think that's going to be a lot of what black joy is centered around. Like when I think of rest, the first two things that come on when I think of black people and rest is I think of Miriam Hosnaya. I'm not really sure if she identifies as black. Um, I know she has black ancestry and she has like a, she always talks about her um, business card that says I'm a professional relaxer. And I love that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want that too. I want to be a professional relaxer. <laughs> I remember when she first said that. I was like, I want to be a professional relaxer. Because I love that idea. Like, she's somebody who gets a lot of her ideas or her best ideas through her dreams. And I think we need to be doing more of that. Um, we've lived, we've, we have so much weight in our ancestry that need, that we need a break. And I think that it's been shown in this whole pandemic. I don't really know any people who have not been stopped by either this pandemic or something else, literally slowing people down and making them have to like, and literally forcing them to slow down. Like even though businesses, some businesses have been booming, something will Mm -hmm. pull you and force you to slow down, whether it's grief or some form of sadness or just like just something limiting you. Yeah. And I think it's good because I mean, not the grief part, that part is terrible, but the idea mm-hmm. that you get a chance to breathe and think about, is this what you really want? Are you living your best life or are you living a life that's been um, instilled in you to live? Like, you know, mm-hmm. with, whole, with all of capitalism and the way that we're forced to go into college and all the, just like all the rhetoric that we've been taught our entire lives that has pushed so many people into the workforce and not really considering their bodies. And I see a lot of that with um, my schooling and the things that I'm learning. Like I didn't even, didn't even come to my mind that um, people have chronic allergic reactions. (laughs) And I was like, what? what?" (laughs) Like (laughs) people just keep eating things that they're allergic to and they don't realize they're allergic to it. So they keep on getting all these like chronic hives and things like that. And it's just so wild to me like i'm sure there are multiple reasons why you would get highs like heightened stress Mm -hmm. levels there are multiple reasons for it but it's like tell your body is literally telling you you need to slow down because (laughs) if you don't know what you're putting into your body that you're allergic to you have to slow down and figure out what are you eating that you're allergic to so you can stop eating that thing that's giving you hives or causing some form of like an allergic reaction 
but there are so many patients that we see for chronic allergies and I'm just like (laughs) like you're not paying attention to the fact that like you're you're not you're not listening to your body like you're not Mm -hmm. just breaking into hives because you're breaking into hives like there's a reason for that so um that's been interesting um I love and I love that uh I think that when it comes to our future, I always see joy in it because I because black people survive off of joy. Like it's not just a form of defiance, it's a form of survival. And yeah. when I think of joy in that way, I think about John the Conqueror and the root story behind that. I don't want to get into that too deeply, but it's an African folklore about um a man who was a, who was enslaved and brought to America. And he eventually escaped America. But in his time here, he helped other slaves um, to like have joy and laugh and trick Mm. their masters and things like that. And I love that um, story a lot because I like John the Conqueror is honestly probably one of the highest is one of the deities or um, spiritual people that I keep with me at all times, because like we have to be able to find joy throughout like devastation and it's mm-hmm. what keeps us going because it changes your perspective. It helps you to uplift. It like relieves your mind from like all of this overwhelming, um, all these overwhelming news and all this overwhelming information that we have so that we can just kind of breathe for a second, like taking a little bit of laughter for a second. So um, I, I, there's no, I don't see a future without joy. So I always think it's going to be intertwined in, in the way that our lives will go. Um, that's another thing. I love your your idea of being intentional about the space that you're creating because that is really important. Um, I think that intention, I think that's maybe the biggest thing that I want to take away probably from this episode is that idea, like being intentional about your joy because mm-hmm. it gets really easy to get lost in everything that you're doing and then lose out on that. And I've noticed that in my own home, like I've been doing a lot of shadow work lately and it's mm-hmm. been very emotionally draining. And when I'm emotionally mm-hmm. drained, I'm drained because I'm a water sign. Like <laughs> emotions mm-hmm. play a huge part in who I am. And I've seen that like reflect in like some of my plants that aren't may not be doing as well as they could be doing. Um, and I think that that, that does change things. Like even my cute little cat, I love him, but he might not be getting all of the treat, all of the care that I used to give him (laughs) because he's, um, because I'm so overwhelmed with school and trying to figure out my own feelings about some of the shadow work that I'm doing. So, um, yeah, being intentional about joy, not just curating experiences for the weekend, but like making time for creating joy within each weekday, like if if in each mm-hmm. moment, especially if you have like a job or you're doing something that like makes you have to carry a lot of frustration or grief or sadness or something, like figure out a way to alleviate that, even if it's just buying some flowers for your apartment. Because at least every mm-hmm. time you look at that, it's like you get to take that in for a second mm-hmm. and like enjoy the color burst that it contrasts to everything else that's going on. Just find something to be intentional with. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I love that final note. Like it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to be crazy. Like I put I put eucalyptus in my shower, I hang it upside down and you know, that just creates such a unique and different experience like 
Ugh, it smells so good and it's good for me too like I love mm-hmm. adding things in that I know it's like this is also having other benefits but I'm also just enjoying it and like that alone is really great so yeah mm-hmm. all right what's going on how are you feeling what are your do you have anything for shine theory I tried to think of anything I don't have anything um that's coming to mind but i did want to shine some light on mercury retrograde (laughs) (laughs) mercury went into its shadow phase on the 15th of may and will go retrograde on the 29th until i think the 22nd of june so that's actually a pretty short retrograde um But I do want to highlight that, especially because we're in Gemini season. Gemini is ruled by Mercury. And so I tend to feel like when a planet is retrograde and it's ruling, you know, one of the signs that it rules um, their season, it could tend to be a little bit more potent. We're also going into eclipse season, which is a whole other, (laughs) like, it's it's, it's a time to sit down. And like like you said, you're doing shadow work and you're, you're focusing on these things. Like, it's a good time to just sit down and reassess and um, rearrange and refresh all the reads, like just really take a look at where you've been, what you're doing and reflect, you know, it's not a time to make a lot of decisions. I'll be traveling and I'm nervous about traveling during Mercury retrograde since it also rules travels. (laughs) So, and um, technology. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good time to just sit and reflect. So for whenever we release this, which should be in the thick of it, in the thicky thick of Mercury, Mercury retrograde (laughs) and people like, people don't like Mercury retrograde. I love it. Again, I'm also my sun and my moon are ruled by Mercury. So like, like I have to like it, but I feel like it's not a bad time. Like you said, that sometimes you need to slow down. And to me, Mercury is literally just the time. It's like, slow down. Like, there are seasons for yeah. everything. And the energy is not with you for movement right now. So, like, this is not, we're not in a Mars direct, you know, area. We're in a Mercury retrograde. So, slow down, chill for a second. Um, that's good. And that's, I feel like. It's necessary because even though we're heading into summer, we're still in a pandemic, you know, so. Okay. Here's a question for you. So Mercury is like, is like you said, it's a planet of communication. So with it being in retrograde, would you say it might be a time to avoid having difficult conversations? Okay, avoid. Um, it's like if possible. Yes, it's not the best time to have uh, deep conversations. Again, because Mercury rules communication, so a lot of times during Mercury retrograde, what will happen is there's a lot of miscommunication. You know, so you shouldn't make agreements, you shouldn't sign leases, and you shouldn't have really like any you shouldn't have conversations with the intention of wanting to come to a resolution that's what i will say because i actually have had like 
really deep conversations during Mercury retrograde, but I went in it knowing that like, I'm not seeking a resolution here and I'm okay with that. I'm okay Mm -hmm. with the fluidity and the not needing to know. And again, that's a, you know, a Gemini quality. People don't like that feeling like make up your mind, Gemini, what is it? And so if you're going to have a conversation that's really deep, go in, not expecting or thinking there needs to be a resolution go in with um, being okay with not coming to any type of specific resolution. Yeah, I see that. Okay. Thank you so much, our astrologer. <laughs> You're welcome. Little baby <laughs> astrologer. <laughs> yeah. So, so Michelle, do you have any shine theory for us today? I do. Since I mentioned John the Conqueror, go look him up. Um, (laughs) Especially if you're black, like if you're not black, look up the herb and like learn about the medicinal properties of um, St. John's wort. But if you're black, you should be looking up like not only the herb, actually look up the herb at the end. If you're black, look up the actual Mm -hmm. story behind John the Conqueror. Um, A great podcast to listen to would be, a little Juju podcast. Juju Bay mm-hmm. has an episode where she talks about John the Conqueror, and I think it's an amazing episode. There's also a book by Zora Neale Hurston where she um, discusses John the Conqueror too, but um, Juju Bay actually does read an excerpt from that book. And I think that's um, really important to understand because John the Conqueror is truly lit and just like a wonderful, wonderful like <laughs> ancestor in my opinion. So um, look that mm-hmm. up. And once again, if you are not black, just look up the herb. The, the herb is itself. Like it's an amazing <laughs> herb. It has so many um, qualities to it. It actually produces like an oil that actually looks like blood, um, which is cool for me because I like mm-hmm. weird things like that. But um, yeah, it's called Hypericum. <laughs> I think it's called Hypericum Perfunatum. I might be wrong on that, but I know it's at least Hypericum. Um, but yeah, go look that up. Great herb. All right. Thank you. I will definitely be looking into him because I just heard his name a couple weeks ago. And I'm of the belief if I hear something multiple times, it is the divine speaking. So heard. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been an episode please oh yeah closing so you can follow us at from the root pod on instagram i feel like there's another place and on tiktok we gotta work on this tiktok part but you can follow us on instagram and on tiktok and you can also email us ask any questions share any ideas you can actually send it to our instagram dms but if you want to be more formal about it especially if you have a longer question please uh, send us an email at fromtherootpod at gmail.com and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Yes, review us. Thank yes. you. All good things. If you got bad things, don't put it on there. Just, you know, <laughs> just email us. Yeah. Just email us. We'll try to correct it. <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. Catch you next time.